Welcome to episode 9 of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and we're here to have some beers and talk about some games. Uh, can you give me one second? I'm a little busy building my town in Elder Scrolls Blades. Elder Scrolls the Blades? Elder Scrolls the Blades. You know what? I can do this one-handed. We're good to go. Yeah, I played it for like two days, and then I was bored, and then I stopped because I realized that you had to pay money to have any fun. Here's the good thing. You can actually open chests while you stop playing. Oh, yeah. So, so that- I get to have predefined breaks in my gameplay. That's everything you can continue, I've ever dreamed of. You can continue to have fun even when the game is off. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, I get to wait six hours for that gold chest. And man, is that how long it is? Right on the edge of my seat. For a gold chest? Yeah, six hours. What's the longest timer they have in that game? That's the longest one i've encountered so far but there's probably a worse one because i know they have like they have other chests that are worse i just haven't messed with them yet so we're gonna say 16 hours probably some ridiculous ludicrous amount of time that you can't just sleep through yeah it sounds about right uh anyway while i'm not playing elder scrolls blades and becoming a pro gamer on my cell phone during work hours i'm drinking beer And Jordan, I assume you are drinking beer too, so what are you drinking this week? I have a uh, New Belgium triple Belgian-style ale, which I'm going to be honest, I have not had before. Uh, I'm going to be honest and say that I went to a store and bought a bunch of Lucy's because I really don't need to buy a six-pack because I'm trying to drink a different beer every week. Yeah. So I got six different beers that I will be trying over the course of the week. This week, we have Star Heels Brewery Looking Glass IPA. And let me tell you, kind of smells like pot when you open it. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm sure you wouldn't, but trust me, it smells like pot. Okay. I can smell, I can smell it right now. It's good, though. Trust me. Uh... Jordan, what have you been playing this week? Played a lot of Division 2 this week. I also played way too much Division 2. Did you say too much or just a lot? I just said a lot. I played too much Division 2. I didn't play too much because I'm still not level 30. I am a level 30. I've officially hit the cap. I'm world tier 2 now. My buddy is all caught up, so we're playing some duos. That game is good. Yeah. I'm a fan. I feel, I'm pretty sure I said this before, but I feel like this was a fully formed, fully packaged game before any of the DLC even started. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if... It's one of I the just, few. It's one of the few. Even even normal games that aren't like live multiplayer games sometimes. Uh, but it feels like right out of the box, I had a complete experience and I would be a hundred percent okay and 100% satisfied if they stopped making content right now. Yeah. I had a good time and I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that being said, I'm very excited about what they're doing. Uh, they just dropped the title basin stronghold today. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite leveled for it. Uh, me and a friend are going to try later tonight to start grinding towards that uh 
once you hit level cap, that game hits a hits a bump in difficulty, but also hits a bump in how good you feel when you do well in that game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I think I'm like a 26. I just hit oh, you're 26. close. Yeah, especially if you're leveled like with your friends. Yeah, you're going to get there. Uh, I think we talked a couple weeks about how like if you do a story mission the first time, the difficulty is story. Uh, yeah. and not like normal or hard or whatever. Right. Uh, I found out by having to help my friend make it through some story missions that you get literally zero XP if you're doing a story leveled mission again. And I was on level 29 for a solid four hours just trying to get to 30. It was painful. I did not like that. Yeah. They just don't want you to farm on the easy, easy yeah. level, I guess. I get it. I didn't enjoy it, but I get it. They also revamped the mod system today. Yeah, that was in the title basin patch. The invasion yeah. of DC, I guess, is the first episode has started. So an apparel event is going on. Yeah. Uh, and you can get a bunch of um, themed apparel based around the factions in the game. Uh, I've already gotten some boots and a hat by the outcasts. So now I look a little more like I'm ready to spread a virus. Oh, that's that's nice. But uh, like Jordan said, they are changing how the mods work for weapons, which was one of your complaints. It was. And the way they are changing it is that they are making it so if a mod gives you a middling level buff, it has no negative effects. But if it gives you a better buff, it has a bit of a negative effect. Yeah, like I saw in the scopes or the sights. Because I just have three right now because I haven't crafted that many because I wasn't very happy with the mod system. Um, but I have like a red dot, a, f- a 4X ACOG, and a 12X. And the uh, <clears throat> two of those give you like a 10% bump. One of them's like reload speed and one's stability, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 12X gives you plus 35% headshot damage. Yep. And then, but it subtracts, um, I, think it's, I think it's 10% critical chance or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh no, it's reload speed. It subtracts minus ten percent reload speed. That's what it is. Yeah. So the one I noticed, I always used a mod that added thirty rounds to an assault rifle magazine, but I think it took off stability. No, it took off reload speed. Is what it did. So now there is a magazine that gives you ten more rounds and no negative effects. And there is a magazine that gives you 20 rounds and then negative 10% reload speed. Uh, they said what they wanted to fix was people making the decision to take no mods on a slot, which I did a few times me just too. because there was nothing that was beneficial for me. Right. Uh, and this is to say like, hey, you can still get bonuses without taking, uh, taking hits to your stats that you're trying to build up. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, was fine with the mod system. I know you had some issues with it. I know some other people I've talked to have some issues with it. And I'm completely fine with this change, even though they took away my 30-round magazine for my assault rifles, which was the mod that I used all the time because yeah. it turned an assault rifle into an LMG, and it was amazing. So they also changed up the skill system and how you can build a character that is based around your skills. Uh, it used to be that... To add a mod to a skill, you had to have a very high skill power, uh, which you get from having gear that has skill power on it. 
and it was it was ridiculously high sometimes when you were and early levels yeah it was weird especially yeah early levels you didn't even get to use them it yeah. was it was ridiculous it's like why do i have a level 11 mod that there's no way i could use at level 11 you need you needed like 700 skill power and you you could get to like 200 um, that's if you were trying hard so they balanced it by lowering the skill power needed uh and then they also made the higher end mods give a much better buff than they were giving because it was kind of just weak so they're doing this in hopes of uh revitalizing the skill system and having people use a wider variety of skills that can be uh made better with mods and so you can do skill builds instead of just tank builds or dps builds yeah they're doing good work with that game yeah another thing they did um was they they actually debuffed the mark 17 and I never really used the Mark 17, so... Well, you remember early on, like our first time talking about it after the game came out, I was talking about this single shot or semi-auto rifle that I found that made me feel really powerful and felt really yeah. good because it would kill dudes in like two or three shots. That was a Mark 17. It it became less useful the higher level you got. Yeah. But I feel like, de- like debuffing it was a bad idea because those guns, especially a later level, already kind of feel weak. I feel like they should have buffed all of the other ones rather than debuffing that one. But so I think they might be running into a problem where they have, especially because of the dark zone, they have two things they're having to balance for. They have to balance for PVP and they also have to balance for PVE. Right. And a lot of times the two don't intermingle. So if you're doing anything PVE, you're not going to be doing PVP. And if you're doing PVP, you're not going to be doing anything PVE. But when you go into the dark zone, those two things like merge together. So it does get hard to balance it. And it might have been a problem they were seeing where that was just a super powerful PvP weapon. Uh, Or it could have been something else. Uh, I also don't like debuffs. I would rather see buffs to everything else. Uh, But they, they did buff a decent amount of weapons in hopes to make weapon categories more broad instead of just we have to use this gun in this category you have to use this gun in this category yeah i do find myself sticking to lmgs a lot lately i was surprised that i don't just stick to lmgs i was surprised that i did because early game i wasn't liking them at all yeah uh i always buff my lmgs to go stability because once those things aren't bouncing around they're lethal yeah i'm excited to play more of that game they announced the raid comes out on the 25th. Oh, did they? I missed that. Yes. That's nice. The I got to get and there. I feel, now I got a goal. I feel like this is probably the first raid in any game I'm going to be able to do. Oh, really? You never did never Destiny raids? To, no, I never did any Destiny raids. Destiny raids are good. Uh, So, hey, maybe, maybe if you guys out there are playing The Division and you're raid ready, might want to hit us up. We can, we can raid with you guys. So at this point, my biggest complaint about division two is the fact that they don't have crossplay. Oh, I wish they had crossplay. Yeah. I mean the dark and zone makes it tricky, I get it, but I I mean third person games I feel are less of a problem when it comes to those people that are just ludicrously accurate. Yeah. Uh, on mouse and keyboard versus uh controller. And this game the recoil is such that it makes it even harder. Right. I, I'm obviously not playing on PC, so I don't know. 
uh, when it comes to that front. But I feel like this game would be less egregious in that front to me than Halo or uh, Call of Duty would be or Battlefield, you know? Yeah. I just wish they would do it. I'm going to keep talking about that game because I'm going to keep playing way too much of that game. Yeah. Anything else you've been playing? Um, I also um, been playing some Borderlands Game of the Year Enhanced Edition. How is that? Um, I should say I'm disappointed to say the least. Really? And really the only reason why is because I can't play with my friends. No crossplay? No, it's not that. It's it's that <clears throat> I have I have a bunch of friends who have it on PC and we tried to play together. Um and anyone who's not host lags everywhere and you, oh, it's no. unplayable. Um I remember a similar issue with the Master Chief collection when it came out on console. You couldn't hardly co-op and um and that may have even been an issue when um Combat Evolved Anniversary released, if I remember right. Might have just been Master Chief Collection. I can't remember. But I just remember that being a big issue with that, too. And it's the same kind of thing where it's like whoever's not host just lags everywhere. And it's unplayable. People were saying that you could sync up your frame rates with the host and on PC and it would fix the issue. But we, we did that and it worked for about 15 to 20 minutes. And we played at 60 frames and it didn't, it didn't last. It started doing it again. Um, I did log back in today because that was a couple days ago on launch day. I did log back in today, and it seemed like it was working. I, my friends weren't on at the time, but I joined a random group of other three other people um, who were on the same mission as me, and um, and it was working fine. So I don't know if they've fixed it or if I just got lucky in that one instance. I'm not sure, but hopefully they have. Hopefully but, they uh, fixed it. I hope it. to play a lot more of that, um, you know, getting ready for Borderlands 3. Speaking of Borderlands 3. Yeah. That's a segue, folks. Yeah, like Paul Blart. They announced the release date for Borderlands 3. Yes, it releases September 13th, 2019. That is not terribly far away. No, about six months. Six months? Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to this game. Uh, they announced some of their additions to how guns work from different manufacturers. And they did a little bit of talking about the new vault hunters that you will be able to play as. But I will say, thank the Lord, loot is no longer shared between everybody in the party. But it can be, if you want no, it to No, but be. no, don't be crazy. That is dumb. Why no, would you... But here's my question. So, so we have our own instanced loot now, okay? Yeah, can we uh-huh. still trade? I would imagine. Because if you, you can, then yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Because literally you get double the pool to, to yeah. trade from Maybe everybody gets their own loot. I mean, maybe that's why they don't do it, but that seems dumb. I say the double the pool. If there's four people, it's four quadruple times. the pool. I mean, but if somebody gets an exotic, they're going to want to keep that yeah. legendary, whatever they Unless call they've it. they've already got it, and there's like And then they can trade one, it, like know? in Division. Thanks, yeah. Division. Trading weapons. Yeah, it's time bound, but you can do it. Uh, I'm never, I'm never going to turn on the shared loot pools. That yeah. is ridiculous, and I will not be doing that. Yeah, but choice is always good, so I'm glad that it's there. They also announced some changes to the gun manufacturers. 
in Borderlands 2, the different gun manufacturers had different properties. Uh, Torg's always shot explosives. Molly Wan's always shot elementals. Uh, Jacob's always fired as fast as you could pull the trigger. And in this one, they're adding a bit of additional functionality to those guns. So the Molly Wan is still an elemental gun, but you can swap between two elemental types. Yeah, I'm probably most excited about that one. That sounds really really cool. Um, and it says guaranteed elemental damage from whatever. Yeah, too. so it's not it's not chances of proccing anymore. It will automatically proc the element that you are shooting. Uh, Atlas guns will have tracking tags and smart bullets. They did not go into detail about what that was about. Sounds like you have to be accurate once. Yeah. And then they will track. Oh, I bet that's what it is. You're smarter than I am. That's we'll what it sounds that. like. Like yeah. maybe the first round in a mag or something. I don't know. Or maybe the first round that hits them is a tracker tag. And then the rest is, is smart bullets that go to uh, I think the one that I'm very interested in that they announced so far is the doll weapons have alternate fire modes. See, and that uh, one sounds the least interesting. See, I think they could do some crazy stuff with that. I think we might be thinking of it as like, oh, you can be single fire or you can be burst or you can be full auto, but they could do crazy stuff that I can't even think of right now. Oh, dude, you know, they confirmed that rifles will spawn fire spewing volcanoes. They did. They did. Yes. Like if you shot a, if you shot a round a volcano would show up. That's the assumption. So what if that's what they're talking about? Alternate fire modes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, that would be crazy, right? Uh, and they also talk more about the guns that grow legs um, and that they chase down the people they are attacking and verbally abuse them. <laughs> Which, I want to hear these verbal abusive things. It's going to be like dumb, immature <laughs> like remarks because it's a Gearbox Borderlands game. Yeah, I'm excited. But I'm super, I'm super in for it. Uh, and they also announced some uh, character information, some Vault Hunter information. So Mose is the soldier. She has a mech. It's called the Iron Bear. Iron Bear. Uh, Amara is the siren, and she has uh, ethereal fists. Ethereal. Which seems like the siren is going to be the bruiser class in this game, like yeah. the Gunzerker and the uh, or Brick from the first game. Yeah, who was a berserker. And the second game, respectively. Yeah. Uh, Zane is a hitman, semi-retired, and he has a clone and other gadgets. The digi-clone. He appears to be gadget-heavy. Uh, the clone reminds me of playing as Handsome Jack in Borderlands the pre-sequel. He had a clone that was his ultimate ability. I didn't know uh, you could play as Jack in the pre-sequel. Yeah, totally. I, I think didn't you really play it much, so. I think in the end, you technically play as his doppelganger, but... Don't quote me on that. I didn't really finish that one. Yeah. And Flack is the beast hunter robot. And he has pets that he can control like the skags. And that is super awesome. You know, but they didn't list like specific pets. So I'm still holding on to hopes that that fire breathing triceratops was one of his pets. I think I think it was an enemy, bro. And I don't even know if triceratops is the right way to describe it, but. So if if you had to pick a character from those four, just on the information you have now, who would you go with? Amara. Amara. Unf- unfortunately, that's the character I'm going to be playing. 
So mm. you're going to have to pick a different character because we can play this game together because they did confirm crossplay. So here's the thing. I don't think it's been confirmed by Gearbox or 2K. Quote unquote confirmed. Yeah, but I believe even at this very moment, it is still listed on the Microsoft Store as cross-platform co-op is one of the features. And Randy Pitchford did heavily, heavily imply that cross-play was something that they were aiming for. Yeah. So it appears that this will be cross-play compatible, which I'm excited about. Cross-play everything, I think. Some people uh, really have strong feelings the other way on that, you know? Oh, no, guys. Just, just unite, unite everybody. Just My thing is just give people the choice. Make them if they friends. don't want it, let them choose not to have yeah, it. Yeah, just say, but like, for hey, I just want to be in an Xbox pool. Or, yeah. hey, I'm fine with being in a crossplay pool. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think the stuff they announced here made me more excited for Borderlands 3 than anything they've shown thus far. Yeah, them talking about the different gun manufacturers just gets gets me excited, and and them uh showing that these guns are going to have even more variety when it comes to manufacturers, and the manufacturers are going to have even more abilities. Uh, I could not be more excited about this game. It does actually appear that they have removed the cross-platform co-op feature from the Microsoft Don't you do that to store. Me. It may just be Gearbox saying, hey, we haven't announced that yet. Hey, don't do that, Microsoft, Maybe. please. But it appears it is gone. <sighs> I want that to come back. Yeah. So, fingers crossed, hopefully that comes back. I think it'll happen eventually, if not at launch. Yeah, Borderlands 3, September 13th. Uh, could not be more happy that that game is finally coming. But um, there is some less exciting news. Mm-hmm. Um, Borderlands 3 will be an Epic Game Store exclusive for the first six months <laughs> So on PC. If, if, you, if you go anywhere near Twitter or Reddit, this has reignited a war that was barely un- uh, it was just still going. It was like cruising along, and then this happened, and just, just dropped a nuke an explosion. In the of it. Yeah, a nuclear. This is the biggest game they've gotten so far. Yeah. Uh, Borderlands Three is a big get. This one's only a six-month exclusive for what that is worth. In the, you know, I'm seeing the community is 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 very divided on this issue. Uh, there's I, a lot of people who don't care. Um, yeah. especially console players because it has nothing yep. to do with them and i see like on the subreddit for the borderlands subreddit people you know a lot of console players like who cares we're sick of hearing about it um it's just another launcher just like stop being a baby about it and here's yep. the truth a lot of pc players are being way over dramatic about it is this true oh yes they're being over dramatic about the implications of what it means yep um and it seems like a lot of pc players are also acting as sheep in this matter too, where they're just hearing, oh, we shouldn't support that. So they're just, they're just grinding their heels in the ground without yeah. actually looking into why. Um, Cause every time I see the reasons why it's always stuff like I don't need another launcher. And that's like the dumbest reason I've ever heard. Yeah. We have, everybody has like at least three or four launchers now. Who cares? Honestly, 
the real issue that I have with Epic Game Store is their security. And we've had a conversation about this, and I kind of came to the conclusion that if it wasn't for the security issues that they were having, this would not be nearly as big a deal to you. Yeah. I mean, no question. But I just keep seeing that misinformation out there, and I see console and PC players arguing back and forth about it because they're sick of seeing all these posts on their subreddit every day about the Epic Game Store. And and then these PC players are defending it in like the worst way possible. So it just makes it makes us look dumb for complaining about it. But like they're actually legitimate reasons why this is a horrible, horrible thing that's happening. It's not great. If you follow PC gaming subreddit or anything like that, it's at least a couple times a week. A lot of times more because I probably miss a lot of them. But we're seeing people who are like, yeah, my Epic Games account um, got hacked and they racked up all this money on my credit card. But that's not even the big thing because you don't have to save your payment information. The big thing is the way that Epic handles it. The problem is when they reach out to, to Epic Games and try to resolve the issue, this, the outcome that we've seen as a standard from them is they lock the account. They say it's been compromised, it's locked, it's gone. And they and you lose, can't even use it? They lose everything they bought. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. Can they, and that can't be transferred? They will not do anything else with it. And in, in wow. the stories that I've read and seen this happen. And that's the real issue here. Um, the security is a problem, yes. But at the end of the day, if Epic handled it properly when security was breached, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but the fact that that happens is the real problem. Um, and they just, it just shouldn't be the way that it is. I think a lot of these people aren't using two-factor authentication as well, which is a problem. Um, so, I mean, that's obviously very important. If you use that, you cut your chances by a lot. Um, but it, it just shouldn't be like that. Epic shouldn't be handling it that way. And that's just the bottom line. So it's very frustrating, um, as a PC gamer to have a game that you really look forward to being exclusive to that store. But at the end of the day, I, as much as I hate it, I'm still going to buy Borderlands three on yeah. the day it releases. Um, so did you see the tweets from Tim Sweeney, the founder of Epic? Which ones? Uh, he tweeted, what is, th- I think it was yesterday. I don't think I saw those. Yeah, he tweeted yesterday and he was really going after the people that were quote unquote spreading the lies about the spyware and saying, yeah, that. I don't buy the spyware thing either. So people are going around saying like, not just that Epic is a security issue, which that is true. That is verifiably true. But they're also going around saying, uh, Epic is in bed with Tencent and they're selling all their going into our computers, finding all of our information be- through the Epic launcher. I personally and don't buy that. To Tencent. Yeah, I don't buy uh, that. Tim Sweeney has come out and said, and I think this is one of the better um, comments that Epic has made or anyone from Epic has made. And he said, I support everyone's right to complain about tech industry stuff. Epic store with exclusive games and a Spartan feature set is a fine target for ire but please help separate facts and opinions from the lies about uh, from the lies about spyware and foreign control. Uh, And I really appreciate him tweeting that he's even, he's even saying like, Hey, we don't have the best feature sets. I wish he would have said something about security and increasing that. Uh, And he said, we, you can target us. That's fine. But please just stop saying that we're selling spyware because you're just dragging our names through the mud. 
saying that we're in league with the Chinese government. That's not us. That's not what we're doing. And that was the end of his his tweets. He had three tweets before that. Uh, we live in such a, a gaming culture that gets like so wound up over everything that these people that are saying that like spyware is getting infected are now being like held up as these pillars of truth. And it's it's really just destroying people that are working on this, people that are trying hard to make it something that people see as valuable. Um, and it is okay to have complaints. You have complaints. Yeah. Uh, they are valid complaints, but you don't go into the the region of falsehoods in the region of lies or speculation when it's unneeded. Uh, you can make fun of Epic Games on its own merits. You don't need to lie about it. But I see all this. I think as a console player, what I'm seeing is people just saying like flat out, like they've installed spyware on my computer. They're going to find me. They're going to steal all my stuff. And now I'm going to have my identity stolen yeah. or like versions of that. And that's just not cool. And that's what I was talking about when I'm saying they're just kind of being sheep. I mean, they're yeah. just it's come to a point where it's like as a PC gaming community, we've decided we don't like this. Not everyone who doesn't like it knows why they don't like it. They just decided we don't like it. And so we all don't like it. And that's just how yeah. it's going to be. And anything that supports that, we're going to believe. And that's just kind of the ignorant attitude that's um, that's kind of happened and made made us all look bad. And it's dumb. Yeah, there are legitimate reasons to dislike the Epic Store. Yep. But I'm still open to giving it its own chance and to proving itself and earning my trust. It just hasn't done that yet. And that's and that's a mindset that I feel like a lot of people are not having. They're just like the Epic Games is never going to work. The Epic Games Store is always going to be bad. And I'm never going to do anything with it. But you know, and, and I had talked about this a little bit um <clears throat> with some some PC gaming buddies of mine. <clears throat> but you know, it's weird to me the way Epic is doing this because how hard would it have been for them to get the storefront features first mm. and then secure the exclusives. How hard would it have been for them to shore up their security? Yeah, that too. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you know, if they had secured exclusives after they got those features on their storefront, people still would have hated them, but not mm -hmm. at near as much as they do. Yeah. You know, people would have fought it and complained about it and and just written up all the Reddit posts and it would have been the same th way it looks now. The difference is every single one of those people would have bought the game when it came yeah. out. They would have done it kicking and screaming, but they'd have done it. Where in this instance, you probably are going to have a lot of people who won't, but you're also going to have a lot of people who are. So I don't think it's going to affect it very much, um, unfortunately. But <clears throat> it just it's just weird because now Epic Games is always going to be known for this in the PC gaming world. You know what Do I mean? Do you think so? I, I, know, I know people like to hold on to grudges, but if they can get their act together... And Here's the thing. It will be for anyone who currently PC games and mm. has a problem with it. But as new PC gamers come in, they're not going to care. And with yeah. the growth of PC gaming right now, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Especially with a game like Borderlands 3. I mean, we talked about it before. It's, it's the game that wins Epic Game Store the war. Hmm. And there's, there's not going to be any way that they're, they're going to be here to stay. I mean, they already kind of were, but that they're going to make so much money on that. And yeah. not only that, it's built in the 
um, Unreal Engine on top of yep. that. So they're going to get their cut from that as well as the store. And they're going to make a lot of money on Borderlands 3. Well, and they don't have to. They don't. They don't. Uh, what is it? I think they give the cut back if it's on Unreal Engine. Or they they give the developers an even bigger percentage of their cut oh, when it's on it Unreal Engine. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think that brings up a good point. And we've we've talked about it before, but developers have this mindset of we make more money if we put our games on Epic Store. Yeah. And if we're exclusive to Epic Store, there's going to be a lot of people complaining about it. But now instead of Steam taking its larger cut, uh, which Borderlands probably wouldn't have to worry about because it would surpass Steam's threshold for getting the bigger cut of sales. But they can say, hey, we can go to Epic and every single game we sell on PC, we will get the bigger cut of. Whereas if we shared it all with Steam or shared it all with this, uh, we won't get that cut. So from a developer standpoint, in a market where it seems like $60 is not enough for games, it seems like this is a way for them to help shore up losses, make a little more money, and not become one of those studios that just gets shut down because their game didn't perform. Yeah. I, I, think, I think a lot of this discussion discounts the developer's point of view. Not saying that Epic shouldn't be great. Not saying that Epic shouldn't shore up its security. Uh, not saying they shouldn't add these features that need to be added. No doubt. And in, in, in all of this, a lot of people do. A lot of people blame the developers and the publishers, but the truth is I don't blame either one. From a business perspective, on 2K's part, this is a good move. Yeah. I don't blame them one bit. The only person and the only entity to blame here is Epic. Yes. That's it. And it, the real blame is because their customer service is garbage. And their security is garbage. And that's yeah. really it. If they, if they fix those, the features will come. It may take forever because it's already taking them forever for, for some pretty basic features. But they'll come eventually. They will be here. So I'm not worried about that stuff so much. And the cloud saves, I believe if you have an NVIDIA graphics card in your PC... You can use NVIDIA GeForce Experience to back up your Epic game saves to the cloud through your NVIDIA account. It's not the end of the world. It's annoying. It shouldn't be like that. It's kind of frustrating. But it's not like a reason to not buy a game you want to play. Yeah. The reason would be because of security issues and their terrible customer service, um, which I've, I've heard rumblings it may be improving, but like we're gonna, it's going to be a wait and see on that one. Yeah. Hopefully by September yeah. 13th. Yeah, because I'm going to get it. I mean, Do you think this war is going to rage all the way through the 13th of September? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest with you. I hope I it think, doesn't. I think by the time we get closer to there, a lot of people will be fine with where they're at. They won't be in denial anymore. And uh, people will have decided I'm buying it or I'm not. Yeah. <sighs> I hope Epic can make something great yeah. in this process. I hope they I hope they come out of this being an actual good competitor and not just one who kind of thieves their way into it by taking exclusives. 
Um, I would like them to win, like, on even ground. Uh, but first, to do that, they would need a launcher that can, that can properly do that. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, speaking of game development and production, uh, I know a lot of you have heard about this already, but Jason Schreier over at Kotaku released uh, pretty much an expose on the development of Anthem. And it was really eye-opening. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. If you if you have not read this article, you need to go give it a click, give it a read. It's a lengthy one, but I was hooked all the way through. It was insanely interesting and it was really long, so we're not going to go over go over much of it. And but if like, you if you follow gaming news, you've heard of all about you, it you've by heard now. It. You've heard it. Yeah. Uh but some big things, uh, that game had a six year pre-production and a 12 to 18 month production, which is ridiculous. Uh, it seems like they had no leadership on what that game was. Yeah. Casey Hudson, who was one of the heads of Bioware left after laying the foundation for Anthem and then nobody really could step up to point that thing in a direction and make it go. Apparently uh, they never really of, even had a vision when he was there. It seemed like he had the, like what you would expect the first year vision to be. He had more than anyone else. did. That's for sure. That's for sure. And yeah. he left. And but there I were people the who disagreed quote. with his vision from what I understand when he left, they just, that turned into a big thing. But anyway, and, and he left and he said, Hey, we set a good foundation for what, uh, at that time it was Dylan. Uh, because they wanted to make the Bob Dylan of video games. Uh, yeah, we have a good foundation for what Dylan needs to be. Uh, so I'm leaving it in a good place and I'm just going to go. And n- it just seemed like no one took lead. No one took command. No one made hard decisions. It was a rudderless ship. Yeah. Uh, and it really just leads into the problems of in, in the game development industry in general. You know, with... Um, just the work environment and mm. they're talking about people taking like three months off for mental health issues because yeah. the, the job was just so stressful. He talked um, about people going and finding empty rooms to cry. Yeah. And a lot of it was just because how terrible frostbite was. Uh, frostbite was a problem. It and really? uh, I don't think we, I don't think we said this, but this article was uh, sourced to 19 different former or current employees of Bioware. All anonymous, of course. Um, so this was all firsthand uh, content. Uh, and Jason Schreier compiled it all together and released this on Kotaku. Uh, there was a problem with the Frostbite engine. Uh, EA, as a company, does not want to pay Epic or anyone else to use engine or to do engine licensing. So DICE, I believe, is the first one to do Frostbite. They made it for Battlefield. Um, and honestly, it struggled for Battlefield in those early stages. It did make those games look great. They look great. They look yeah. awesome. But the limitation of those of that engine caused really big problems. Those games for, were never polished from a mechanic standpoint. They always no. felt buggy. Battlefield 4 was a mess. Yeah. Forever. I don't know if they ever got that game into a place where they wanted it to be. I, I think I heard they did. 
Um, that game had the problems with Levolution, where you had to tear down a skyscraper, yeah. and every time it happened, it would crash the server every time. <laughs> um, and people at Bioware said working with Frostbite was like working with razor blades. Yeah. Uh, they they were not kind to what Frostbite was. It, they said it was like jerry rigged together they didn't they weren't the people who made it so they didn't know how to work it properly they didn't there was no uh guidelines there was no nothing to to write about it and they said that they were fighting with other teams at ea to get help from the frostbite team so they were fighting with the fifa people but the fifa people get preference because fifa makes a lot of money yeah and Anthem is going to make a little money. Yeah. Uh, and then there were talks of issues within the brand of Bioware. So Bioware Edmonton, who makes Mass Effect and Dragon Age, uh, seemed to have, or at least the upper leadership, had this air of we're better. So when people at Bioware Austin had suggestions, because they're the ones who make Star Wars The Old Republic, they've made online games, they know how online games work, they have suggestions... And they just kind of brushed them off. They said, no, we're, it seemed like they said, we're the better ones. We know how this works. We don't need suggestions from you. Yeah. This was a, this was a mess. It was a mess of Bioware. But apparently it, it's been a mess. It just yeah. somehow has been working. It's, it's called the Bioware magic, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, they said there was this term for Bioware magic where. Nothing seemed like it was going to work, but they were like, but an, it will. And then it yeah. did. And in the last year, like they put Inquisition together in a way that was releasable and actually got critical acclaim. Yeah. Uh, so trust on the Bioware magic. Uh, it, it was a lot. Patrick Soderlund, uh, who was the head of EA at one point, looked at that game and said, no, this game is not what I asked for. You need to redo it. And then they added flying back in. The thing that made Anthem Anthem yeah. was in and out of that game, in and out. Yeah. They never knew what they wanted to do. The the developers didn't know what type of game they were making. Originally it was supposed to be like a survival game. Yeah. Not a loot shooter game, looter shooter game. So the development team figured out what type of game Anthem was when we figured out what type of game Anthem was. At E3 and that was 2017. E3 2017 at the Xbox press conference when they ended with Anthem and it turned out it was this looter shooter. That's when the development team figured out what that game was. Yeah, and it was also originally called Beyond. It was called Beyond until like a week before. A week before the E3, E3, press, E3 conference. press conference. They had shirts. They had team shirts. Yeah, and they were like, this copyright is too hard to get, so we're going with Anthem. And they were like, and what? How? Apparently a lot of them, a lot of the developers and really felt like that didn't fit the game they were making at all. They had to... The story went through multiple, multiple rewrites and multiple, multiple writers. Uh, and then they fit the Anthem of creation into the story so that they had a reason to name the game Anthem. Yeah, and then, and then the, the crazy thing, too, is at E3 2017, they announced the game would be coming late 2018 and they hadn't even started pre-production or, or like no. started production on the game yet. Um, which is just crazy. I think, it's I think crazy. the biggest thing that I took from this and a lot of people have taken from this is it wasn't all EA's fault. And I think a lot of people blamed EA and a lot of people 
I mean, uh, the whole dice thing is EA's fault. Dice, is, dice is a different story. Dice which is kind is, of dice, the source of a lot of this. There's other problems here for sure. There, are, for the, sure. But I even think if that they, is what like really brought everything crashing down. But I don't think so because even if they had an engine that was working, they still had a team that did not know where they were going. I know, it, I know that, but they would have had so much more time to figure it out if they didn't have to wait 24 hours for light baking. Oh, it, it was more have. than that, dude. I'm it was pretty ridiculous. sure it said 24 hours for light baking. But they did oh, say there baking, were, yeah. Yeah, they did say there were tasks hours. that would like take days and days that should have been done in maybe a half a day to a day. Um, and, and a lot of that due to the frostbite uh, engines, just terribleness. But um, yeah, near the end, when they finally went into production, they brought in someone who actually like grabbed the attention of everyone and told them we're making a game. Doesn't matter. We're making a game. We just have to finish this game. Uh, and from from the sounds of it, what Anthem is, they really put together in a year to a year and a half. Yeah. Which is they, insanity. They were, they were nowhere until like right before E3 2017. Even then, they weren't really anywhere yet. That's just when the first like ideas kind of formed that actually stuck. Yeah, that, that trailer for E3 was all fake. Yeah, I mean, they talked about it. They were like, the, the engine wouldn't even let us do what that trailer no. showed. They couldn't because it was in the demo. It was done on such a small scale. It worked, but like it wouldn't work on the scale of the game. So that's why the game's so different than what we saw. I think it's I think it's miraculous. They got that game out in a semi-functional. It almost way. makes the final product impressive when you really look at it everything. It almost does. But then you remember this game took seven years yeah. to get out. It makes it impressive to think that this didn't really happen until the last 18 months. Yeah, that's and, pretty crazy. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, what they could have done. Yeah. If they had all that time to properly make something, it could have been it could have been the Bob Dylan of video games. We'll never know. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but I think what this article really does that is of import is that it shines a light on the continuing need for mental health in the game development community. Uh. They're people too. They have families too. They work hard hours and they need to be taken care of. And sometimes, a lot of times it seems, they get let down when it comes to their mental faculties. Yeah. Oh, I just, just go read that article. Like we said, it's on Kotaku. Jason Schreier, great job. You continue It'll to do It'll take you work. like an hour to read it. but it's It'll take you it. a while to read it, but it's, it's completely worth it. Um, so you remember that, you remember that funky little $80 piece of cardboard we talked about a few weeks ago? The switch. Yeah. The, the switch, the Labo the switch VR, Labo VR. VR. Well, Nintendo has confirmed Breath of the Wild being fully playable in VR. Yes. And this is what I always wanted. Super Mario Odyssey getting uh-huh. a VR mode. Yes. Finally, this, I can this is terrible. I can play these games as they were meant to be played. Yes, <laughs> two inches in Ninten- front of your face. Nintendo continuing to make me look a fool. <laughs> God. So remember how we talked about this? This or a point that you had made was that the Labo VR 
was not meant to be used for long play sessions and it doesn't even have a strap it's meant for like kids to play like a quick few minutes and now we've got this 70 80 hour plus game it's way longer than that if you really try to do everything that they're putting fully playable in vr on the labo with no strap with no strap okay my wife has played 150 plus hours of breath of the wild yeah. I guarantee you she would not want to play that with a VR helmet. A VR <laughs> where a game of, that runs at 30 frames helmet. per second in handheld mode at 720p when it's rendered one time, but now we're going to render it twice and cut that 720p display in half and somehow get it to a good enough frame rate that you're not going to puke your guts out after five Nintendo, minutes. why? Why, <laughs> Nintendo? I was with you. I was on your side. You just take a knife and you stab me in the heart. You, you know what? Maybe Six. maybe there will be some Nintendo magic here, but oh. I don't see it. From the technical perspective, this looks like a terrible idea. It's so bad. Don't do it. Um, but oh. funny thing, a Reddit user actually predicted this inadvertently 10 minutes before it was revealed on Thursday. <laughs> Reddit user is from IGN. Reddit user Killer Mao posted a thread in Nintendo Switch uh, subreddit at roughly 5:15 uh, Pacific, 8:50, or sorry, 5:50 Pacific, 8:50 Eastern, on Thursday, April 4th, titled "Can you imagine how awesome a Nintendo Labo VR integrations with games like Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey could be?" The, and then he goes on to say, I mean, maybe not the full game, but some kind of VR experience. Imagine the greatness of being in the Great Plateau, just watching the nature. And then 10 minutes later at six o'clock, Nintendo announces it. I'm just I'm over here bashing my head into a wall. <laughs> no, but that's pretty crazy. The guy claims he had no idea and he does not work for Nintendo. It was just some weird like happening in the universe that made that that happen that way but it's pretty crazy but overall either way this is a terrible idea nintendo please don't do this no they already it's too late they're doing it don't do it they're doing it no unless you're releasing a new switch along with that that's gonna be able to do breath of the wild at 90 frames per second with at but least this, a 1080p display. But this Labo isn't built for that. This Labo is built for the current <laughs> Nintendo Switch. It won't fit. <laughs> maybe maybe they got like two inserts so you can fit the new Switch. No. If it's a bigger screen, it's done. No, but there's no way, dude. <laughs> there's no way to do no. Breath of the Wild in VR on a I'm Switch so, and not I'm make so you sick. I'm so mad now. And, uh, it's just bad. I'm so upset. <sighs> it's bad. Oh, man. That's bad. Bad Nintendo, bad. It's, yeah. <laughs> like good Nintendo, bad Nintendo. Good Nintendo letting Twitch Prime give away Nintendo Switch online memberships for free. Oh, yeah, that was great. I grabbed that. That's great. That's good. Grab that if you can. I did. Bad Nintendo <laughs> releasing Labo VR and then saying that Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey are going to be compatible with your dumb cardboard headset. Yeah. why it's just uh, it's bad way, anyway, to make a, way to make a fool out of me anyway we have we have another article from jason schreier that i'd like to touch on from uh kotaku <clears throat> um well basically in the division two there was an easter egg um 
in in the Potomac Event Center. Yes, um, good where mission. There's, there's a poster of a kind of a Viking-looking Norse fellow. Um, and it says Valhalla. It says Valhalla on it, and he's he's holding an apple of Eden. And for those unfamiliar, the Apple of Edens are pretty much like the MacGuffins of the Assassin's Creed mythology. You're always searching for an Apple of Eden or a piece of Eden. So, so it's looking like we're going to get Assassin's Creed um, in, in kind of a Viking era. Um, be able to do some Viking boat raids and pillaging in Assassin's Creed's future. It's going to be... That sounds cool. I um I didn't get too into the Greece uh Odyssey. And oh really, man, I love Odyssey. I heard it was really good and I need to play it at some point, but I I, I played Origins and it was good, but This it, is this is so much better than Origins. Yeah. I played I, a little bit of Origins. I played a lot of Odyssey. I played a lot of Origins. And I was like, this is a big step up from Assassin's Creed as I know it. But when I heard they were making the game again, like the next year they were going to do another Assassin's Creed again, I was like, this is probably going to be just Origins again. And that's how I kind of expected it. So I just never played it. Um, I have heard that that's not what it is. I just haven't had the time to go around and look at it. But I am very interested in, in an Assassin's Creed about Vikings. That sounds cool. So I'm very, I'm very much uh, looking forward to that. They also, um, you know, they've said that that's going to be a 2020 they're not going to do a 2019 assassin's creed so i've got plenty of time to to get into some odyssey um before yeah you can find that game on the cheap yeah before we have this new new game codenamed kingdom uh coming out so anyway thought that was pretty cool speaking of leaks and rumors there is a rumor about xbox or microsoft coming out by hood H zero X zero D. I don't Is know that how, how you say that. That pronounced. It looks like Hoxod. hood. Hoxod. So yeah, he announced that we're gonna get something called Game Pass Ultimate, which is gonna be basically Game Pass and Xbox Live in one subscription, and it's gonna be fourteen ninety nine per month, which is a pretty good deal. Um, and this would lead one to assume that there's going to be further discounts for like a semi-annual or an annual plan uh, as well um, for a combined Game Pass Ultimate experience, um, which is pretty cool. Um, hey, hey, Jordan. Good stuff for Microsoft. Hey, Jordan. Nah. What if I told you for $15 a month, huh. you can get hundreds of amazing, 100% certified Xbox One and 360, and OG games. Along with those hundreds of games, you can get online gaming, and you can get more games with the Games with Gold, and you can get discounts on all your favorite Xbox games on the Microsoft Store for $15 a month. And assuming there would also be a great annual price for that too. I feel like a uh-huh. lot of gamers buy the annual deal because it's always better. I always have. But of course, I don't pay for anything because I don't really play consoles these days. But Are you saying you pirate things? No, I'm saying I don't pay for multiplayer. I do pay for Game Pass, actually, though, because there's that. They got you. They yeah, already got yeah. you. And I only have like 
10 games from it because I'm on PC. I have hundreds. Go Xbox. We're getting there. So we also have a rumor mill spinning about uh, a Persona 5S game was listed. Um, Well, one, there's an official website for Persona 5S. We just don't officially know what it is yet. Um, But there was a listing on, uh, I think it was Best Buy, and there was one other retailer. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was listed as Persona 5 for the Nintendo Switch. And this is different than Persona Royal, Persona 5 Royal, uh, which is the re-release for PlayStation 4. This appears to be Persona 5 for Switch. Which is kind of a crazy thing, but maybe Sony's playing ball, and it's real, and it's happening. I don't think Sony has to play ball with this. I think Atlas has to play ball with this. I think I think you're right. I think most likely what's happened is they maybe had a timed exclusivity deal with Sony, and they've just never bothered doing anything with that when they run up in the past. Maybe. But maybe they just decided to say, hey, let's put our game on Switch. So I've played through Persona 5, so this is probably not for me. I have not. But I will say, when I played Persona 4, I played it on the Vita version persona 4 golden that was the best version of that game i have heard that so the logical conclusion is persona 5s is going to be the best version of persona 5 5s like the iphone yeah or like s for switch the persona iphone 5s yep persona announced a new iphone yeah a 5s though i mean yeah, they're not. We're Japan's the, technology is a little the, bit behind. We're on the 10s, bro. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I? Seriously, please. Yeah. So, Jordan, how was that beer? Uh, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, New Belgium Triple. It was my first time actually having this. Um, not my favorite thing I've ever had. A little bit bitter in the first taste. Um, but you know, you kind of. Got easier to drink the more I drank it. It was it was it was tasty, um, but not something I'd probably go out of my way to drink again. How about you? Uh, I had a good time with my Star Hill Brewery Looking Glass IPA. It was okay. Uh, I think the best part about it was the aroma. <laughs> you remember what we talked about in the beginning? Uh, yeah. Other than that, it was it was okay. Uh, if I saw it on tap at a local bar, I'd probably try it again. Yeah. So well, cool. would would drink again if on tap at local bar. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. And we thank you so much for listening. And uh, be sure to follow us on uh, Instagram at Button Key Games, uh, Twitter uh, at Button Key Games and Jordan Button Key, Evan Button Key. Um, check out our website, buttonkey.games. We also have a form on there under uh, buttonkey.games slash contact um, where you can send us questions and you can tell us if we got something wrong on the show. And uh, please feel free to do so. Um, we really look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening, folks, and stay classy out there.